Sister Brenda woke up about a month ago in the middle of the night and started writing as she felt God was speaking to her. And uh, the next morning, she showed me what she had written, and we talked about it. And I said, well, give it to Pastor David. So David put her on the schedule to preach what she had written. That was about a month ago. And uh, every week we got closer. Her stomach churned a little more. And anxiety set in. (laughs) So on Monday she said, Daniel, you can do it. (laughs) So so Pastor Brenda is up teaching my Sunday school class, teaching the youth. And uh, so I, I was talking to Pastor David and I, this... This is a passion of Pastor David. This is a house of. What is it a house of? So I didn't want to be the first one to preach what was on his heart and introduce it. So I, I after men's breakfast yesterday, I said, Pastor David, how about if, if I just ask you some questions so that we understand what's in your heart before I just start kind of telling everybody what's in my heart. (laughs) So, uh, and then Justin overheard me, and he says, well, you can't just stand there. So then the production guy got involved, and uh, that's why we're sitting here, because I'd I'd just have the pulpit, and I'd ask Pastor David a question, and he'd answer it from wherever he was. So this is how we ended up in this position. So, so, my, my question, because Pastor David is really, this is a house of, I, he's got a shirt that says house of. I don't know if you've seen, I think Josiah is running around with, he's got a hat that says house of. And uh, it's, Dave, Pastor David has a passion for it. So what, what is in your heart when you think house of? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at it for a few few things passionately first of all um the last 18 months the world has gone through something that none of us in our lifetime have experienced churches were actually closed for a period of time um, just about all over the place not just in vancouver but all over the place and uh mental health people are freaking out and I don't mean that in a funny way. They're, they're overloaded. They're stressed out. You see that in places where now you walk in. And um, I walked into a hardware store and a lady was standing in line. And a guy was in front of her and he had to turn around and get around. Or a lady was in front and she turned around to get out. And she literally started to yell, six feet, six feet, six feet. I mean, sh- Stress. Tension, fear, unknown. And in addition to that, with Winona's passing, it's, we have taken, as a body, as a church, we have taken a hit. And I've talked with a number of other pastors, and one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of pastors is, um, statistically, attendance is down. Reengagement is down. Volunteer people helping in different ministries is down. Um, down drastically, not just 10%, 20%, 30% and more. 
and some churches, what are we doing? And, and in many ways, it's almost like a restart. And as I was praying about it, it, this is something as a pastoral team we had talked about about a year and a half, two years ago, about culture. And what I felt impressed was we need to define the house of God. A house is known for something. A house is known for something. And I want us to know what does this house, what, what, what does this stand for? What, what are characteristics in this house? So that is part of my heart behind this as a house. I want us to be able to walk away knowing what this is a house. And then the second element to that is not only is this a house, but when you dive into it, you are a house. So as we talk, it's not just defining solid rock. It's not just defining church in general. It's defining you and I as houses of God. Amen. I want to read a little bit of what Pastor Brenda wrote because this was inspired by her. I remember when the, the, the very first Sunday that the church didn't meet in the building and I was the one <laughs> that happened to be preaching that and I ended up sitting on a chair with a video camera five feet away from my face weirdest thing but I remember a phrase that I, I had said that I you know God every good and perfect gift comes from above when you look at what COVID has done the chaos the fear God is not the author of that. So, Pastor Brenda woke up, and this is what she wrote. The enemy has sought to destroy kingdom culture. In fact, he's tried literally to destroy the church. That's his goal. That's his aim. It's been his goal from the beginning, and he has not stopped his wage of war against the kingdom of God. If you doubt me, just take a look at the condition of the world in the last 18 months. A tactical move of the enemy to unleash fear. Think about, I, as I've grown up, you know, you hear about famines in different countries and economic downturns in other countries and disasters in earthquakes here and there. I've never heard of the fear that had broke out worldwide. Every single nation. Never in my lifetime, and I'm past 50. He's nothing. getting older. <laughs> but the fear... Every single country had some sort of isolation mandate. So the, the idea of the fear, the isolation, when, when you, we think of the house of God, in Hebrews it says, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves together. And what happened worldwide just shut down. Fear, chaos, worldwide. 
No, it didn't just touch one area, one nation, one continent, worldwide. It was a tactic. Pastor Brenda wrote, a tactical move of the enemy to unleash fear, isolation, and chaos to every human being, every family, every community across the face of the earth. His target, his goal, his mission was to unleash fear and chaos that would actually see us banned. We were banned from gathering together. It was an assault on the house of God. I think, so what, as Pastor David has been really sensing in his spirit, the house of, I think it's critical that we as the house, the corporate house of God, examine who are we and why are we? What are we? <laughs> Is it we're climbing over top of each other for some sort of position, promotion, exaltation? Are we here to support, encourage, love, care for each other? House of, it describes the characteristics. And those characteristics come out of our values. What do you value? If you value, say, truthful, the truth, you will exhibit the characteristic of truthfulness. <laughs> if you value the presence of God, you then, you, you then, do things that invite the presence. Your characteristics will be worship, praise, um, purity, those things that invite his presence. Why? Because you value the presence. So as we move forward and talk about who we are as the house of God, I think it's critical to, to getting back to some of our basics. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. Well, the, a few things. Some of, the, some of the aspects of this as a house are challenging because what they do is they cause us to go beyond ourselves. For instance, one of the things Pastor Brenda had wrote was this is a house of acceptance or love. And, and Jesus, when the woman was caught in adultery, everybody said, kill her. And Jesus says, he who is without sin casts the first stone. And you know what? He was the only one in that group without sin. <laughs> and he could have legitimately thrown the stone. And sometimes I think we evaluate things based on our ideas, our opinions, and we forget what God's word says. And I've been challenged to look at what does Jesus say about these things. He, he dealt with disciples, and, and the disciples were roughly in their early 20s, late teenage years, early 20s. They weren't 35, 40 years old, had figured out. They, they were young, rough, and what did he do? He picked them before they were actually even believing him. 
So a house of, that God chooses us, and we might not even understand him. That's why when you read and you see the disciples, there sometimes they say, and then they believed more, and then they saw, and they go, oh, you are the Christ. And I'm thinking, you were with him the whole time, and he does this, and then you say he's the Christ? Because there's a constant revelation of who God is. There's a constant and in the house of God, there's a con- just when you think you've got it figured out, God kind of ups it a bit. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? You say, well, I've got love my neighbor down. And he goes, yeah, now I'm going to get you somebody who's unlovable. And you go, what? <laughs> I mean, it's easy to love somebody when they're pack- passing it back to you. But it's hard to love somebody when they're constantly yelling at you because you put too much sugar in the tea or because you did this or because you did that. And it's like, I'm just trying to help you. But what happens is when we say, no, I am going to represent God's house, it is a challenge. And we have opinionated God's house instead of biblicized, if I could say that. Well, this is what I think it means. And when God says, love those who curse you, we have come up with 25 excuses and reasons why we don't have to. So for me, this is challenging. But when people walk through these doors and when people come across your path, because we get an hour and a half a week. I've done the math. It's 168 hours in a week. We don't even get 1% time together. So you are out of this building 99% of the time. Yes, if you come every week. Yes, if you come every week. <laughs> We're people of faith. When you come every week. But we are together 1% of the time. And it's great. But my passion is the 99% of the time that you're out there when people are spitting. I had guys, when I worked in construction, I had a guy rail on me for about 20, or not 20, about three and a half, four minutes. He walked beside me, yelling at me, screaming at me, throwing his hard hat on the ground at me, and I just kept walking. I understand some of those dynamics. And you'd like to just give it back to him. God's house. What does God say? So, so when we spend time in this, I, it challenges me, and I'm hoping if you walk away and you're not challenged, God, his love should challenge me because I don't think we ever, ever reflect it 100%. Oh, we, we get it sometimes, but 100% of the time, I'm not there yet. If you are, let me know because I haven't figured it out. Amen. I want to la- spend the last few minutes because our time is running down. Reading a few of the things that Pastor Brenda wrote about culture. Because as, you, as we examine the house of God and the various aspects, it really comes down to your values and your values then shape your culture. So I just want to read a few things about culture. The first one I want to read is, you are not the victim of the culture around you. You are the engineer of your culture. I want you to think about that. You create your culture. 
Too many times we fall victim and just drag along to whatever the culture is saying and doing and is. But you are the engineer. The, the picture she had as she was writing about the culture, because she looked up, this, this is what the verb of culture means, is, is to maintain a condition suitable for growth. And the picture she had was the, uh, a laboratory. When a scientist is working under something, under a microscope, you know what that thing is called? It's a culture. <laughs> I had never thought of that before. But the, ver- the, the thing that they work on, and you know what they do is they add a little bit of this to the culture, and they add a little. They say, okay, I want to I get to this point with my culture, and so they add a little bit of this. They wait overnight. They look at, okay, what happened to the culture? They added it a little bit of this. They add a little bit of that. And they say, okay, what's happened to the culture? That is our lives. Look at the culture of your home. Is it chaotic or is it peaceful? Well, how do you get peace? If you want more peace in your, in your culture, well, invite the Prince of Peace. <laughs> invite a little quiet time and start looking at your petri dish i don't know if how many of you know what a petri dish it's the scientific thing that you put your little culture in look at your personal petri dish examine it and say okay i need to add a little bit of this i need to add a little bit of that amen I thought that was the, the, the morning I woke up and she shared it with me. That was like, whew. we determine the culture of this house. <laughs> Pastor David might preach something from the, the, the pulpit and, and encourage something. But we, as the body, live it out. We, every one of us, determines the culture of this house. Culture is a created atmosphere that is full of potential. How we interact with that in atmosphere, our values, our actions, our words, our body language, our personal frame of reference, past and present, they all form characteristics of this organism, this culture. And they form it. They build it. Together, we build our culture. I'm going to read a last, I want to read the last few statements here. Culture is seed planting. What we plant is what's going to grow. What you input, it's not all about Pastor David, Pastor Sean, and Pastor Ariana. It's not all about just us and what we plant. It's about what each of you bring and each of you plant into the soil of this house. So I want to encourage you as we move forward in this series, think about what you want this place to look like. 
jump on board with the various characteristics and values and attributes from the Bible as Pastor David shares them with us. Let's grab a hold of them and incorporate them into our lives and into this. Take it to your home. You, as Pastor David already said, you individually are the house of the God. Your home becomes a house of God. <laughs> Take a look. Examine your own household and say, what do I want this to look like? Because you are the engineer of the culture of your home. Quote, unquote, Pastor Brenda. <laughs> Amen. I think we're... I'm, I'm going to just say one, one little example of that. Years ago, uh, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda were building a home. And one of the builders, the house was done. They were in the finishing touches. And Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda were going in and out of the home, spending nights there. And one time, the, the, the head worker, the guy that managed the construction, he just came into the house, and he wasn't even scheduled he came into the house and he just sat in the house and he actually had tears in his eyes. And Pastor Brenda goes, what, you know, this is odd. You know, is, is everything okay? And, and this guy said, uh, and Pastor Brenda purposely had worship music playing. And the guy said, I don't know what it is, but every time I walk into this house, I'm just at peace. And there's something different in this house than other construction sites. It's as simple, it's literally, it's as simple as putting on a worship music. It's as simple as just doing one thing can shift and change and introduce a culture that is counter culture to what you and I face and are bombarded with on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're hoping as we walk through this to give a picture of what God's house looks like, but also a picture of what your house looks like. Amen? Amen? One of the first things I'd like to do is I'd like to take time this morning and share Amen. communion with each one of you. Amen. We are house. We are family. So what we've done is we've already put communion cups in, in the chair in front of you. There's a small little circle that has a communion cup. And we shifted about a year ago when COVID hit um, because we can't pass out the elements like we used to. So what we've done is, um, and there's an entrepreneur somewhere that God has gifted with an entrepreneurial mind who's put a self-contained communion in these cups there's a there's a double double layer lid so if you could and if you need help raise your hands pastor sean and pastor uh pastor sean and and adrian if um they've got gloves on if you need any help raise your hand they're going to be just at the back of the sanctuary but take the first little lid and as you peel that back you're going to get a wafer now, we've been spoiled with our communion because we literally get bread, chunks of bread, or we get premium plus crackers. That's what I've grown up with in communion. And this wafer, it represents God's body, but it tastes like paper. So you got to take it by faith. 
But if you can, if you can take the, I think it's a clear lid, and if you can peel that back, and if you need any help, if, if you've got it, keep your hand down. If you don't have it, can you raise your hand? If you don't have it, raise your hand. If you've got it, great. And what I'd like to do is you and I, we are, we are family. We are family. We are brothers and we are sisters. And we haven't been able to do this much in the last year and a half. Partly because we haven't met for a while. And partly because of the challenges when we have met, trying to be careful. And we still need to be careful. We still need to be very concerned and careful um, on how we interact. But if you've got it ready, we are one together. And as we take this, what we are doing is we are celebrating our bigger brother. Jesus. We have someone who went before us who made a way where there was no way. And what he did was he gave his body to be broken so that you can be whole. So what I'd like you to do as we take this this morning is if you have any element in your body, physical or mental, your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, your physical body, Jesus is not so small, he is so big that he can uh, uh, heal any disease, any sickness, anything. People came to him not just with physical ailments, they came to him ravaged in their souls. So if you need a touch from God, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says this is a house of miracles, and I've asked God for miracles. So if you need a miracle this morning, I want to ask you to take this and by faith say, Lord, you've paid the price and you are the miracle maker and the miracle worker. And we are going to take this in remembrance of what you have done. Amen. So if you could take the wafer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Just thank him right now for healing. Just take a few seconds and just thank him for his healing. Thank you for your healing, Lord. For healing my soul. For touching me physically. For divine health. Thank you for paying the price. Thank you, Jesus. The beautiful thing about the work of Christ is it's complete. It is complete. We don't add to it. And as you take the juice, which is the larger peel back, and be careful that you don't peel it back and spill everything, but if you want to peel it back, the juice represents his blood. His blood that was shed for you and I. His blood that actually unifies us. And as we take this when we are remembering his blood, we are remembering his sanctification, his blood that actually cleanses us, <laughs> cleanses us from all 
unrighteousness. I don't care what you walked in with this morning. I don't care if you had an argument with your wife. I don't care if you yelled at somebody on the road. I don't care if you used vulgar language. I don't care if you had a bad thought. God is the one, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And as we take this, what we are doing is we are remembering his sacrifice and his blood, which cleanses you and I. And it gives us, it imputes on us righteousness and cleansing. So this morning, take this and let's thank him for his cleansing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your cleansing. Thank you, Lord, that we are your house and this is your house. And that you've made a way for us to approach you. When others could not approach royalty, you made a way. And you said, come, come boldly to that throne of grace in time of need. And Lord, I ask for every heart here this morning, every family that is represented, every unit that is represented, Lord, every individual, every family, every household. Lord, I ask God that the impossible would be happening in our families and that we would walk as children of the King and that we would represent your house everywhere we go. I ask, oh God, that you would bless us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us. Lord, that you would give us favor, grant us peace. Lord, that you would bless us beyond what we would ask or think. And Lord, that we would be marked as believers and as a family of God. Unite us physically in our hearts and in our thoughts and in our actions but also lord unite our spirits as one with you in your precious name and everybody said amen god bless you 